0: Democrats impeachment attempt is not merely a hoax. It's not merely a witch hunt. It is a coup. And if you don't want to take my word for it, you can listen to the words of the lawyer for the whistleblower who kicked off the latest impeachment push in the first place. We will blow the whistle on the whistleblower's coup. Then Elizabeth Warren picks up an endorsement from a member of the radical socialist squad The ladies of The View go after Tulsi Gabbard and Jeffrey Epstein's brother thinks the billionaire pedophile who didn't kill himself, didn't kill himself. Finally, the mailbag. I'm Michael Knowles and this is the Michael Knowles show. So I'm just having a little trouble reading whatever was in the prompt. It looks like, uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. We'll get to that a little bit later as well. But first we have to get to this whistleblower's coup. This is a major story that nobody in the mainstream media is covering. The lawyer for the whistleblower, the so-called whistleblower, I want to put it in quotes when I say it, who started this entire latest impeachment attempt over Ukraine, that lawyer has been saying publicly for two years now, three years almost, that The left is going to be launching a coup to oust president Trump from office that would end in impeachment. I kid you not. This guy must be the least competent saboteur in the history of politics. The guy's name is Mark Zaid. I would read the tweets for you that he sent out about this coup and about impeachment, but I'll let president Trump do that himself at a rally last night.
1: A lot of things have happened. Because, you know, I don't know if you saw, I just got off. I'm coming off the plane and they hand me, look at this character. Okay, they just hand me this story. Coup has started, whistleblower's attorney said, in 2017. You know when that was? That was a long time ago. It's all a hoax. They say January 2017, a coup has started. And the impeachment will follow, ultimately. It's all a a hoax. It's a scam. And you know who helps them? These people right back here, the media. (laughs) And then it said, oops, the light's going to go off, the CNN light is going to go off. It said, from the lawyer, a sleazeball. It said, I predict at CNN will play a key role in at real Donald Trump. Not finishing out his first time. Can you believe this? This is a whole, and this was done a long time ago. Then he goes, as one falls, two more will take their place, referring to outgoing Trump administration employees, who, by the way, have been put through hell by the sleaze back there and by (laughs) crooked politicians.
0: This lawyer, Mark Zaid, thank you, sir. Thank you for saying the thing that you're not supposed to say, that you're just supposed to keep in your head, which is that the entire push for impeachment is illegitimate. It is a coup d'etat. It is actually an overturning of the regime, overturning of a presidential election because you don't like the results in 2016. That's what it is. I don't want to hear anything else about how Trump is eroding trust in our institutions or how Trump is undermining norms of behavior. I don't want to hear another word about that because you have the lawyer for the whistleblower saying emphatically on Twitter two years ago, 2017, that there will be a coup that people will overturn the regime. There will be, this will be done through impeachment and it will be done through CNN. He's even admitting we're going to use the mainstream media to do this. I don't want to hear another word about Trump's tweets. Trump has never tweeted anything as dangerous to our Republic and to our institutions as those tweets from the lawyer for the so-called whistleblower. Who's the whistleblower? Sure looks like it's a fella named Eric Charamella. The reason I think that is because Donald Trump Jr. tweeted this out yesterday. He tweeted out, uh, this was with an article from Breitbart, so the article reads, alleged whistleblower Eric Chiaramella worked closely with anti-Trump dossier, writer, and Trump Jr. tweets out, because of course he did, alleged whistleblower Eric Chiaramella worked closely with the the hoaxer. This is the alleged whistleblower, but it's the name that's going around Washington that nobody has denied. at including himself. Sure looks like this guy is the whistleblower. Donald Trump Jr. goes out there and just says, this is who the guy is. Yesterday, we played a clip of Rand Paul saying that it's it would be perfectly fine for him to name the whistleblower, though he's not going to do it yet. Everybody has been talking about how it's fine to name the whistleblower, but no one wants to actually do it. Trump Jr. just goes out there, says the name, no big deal. I love him for it. Donald Trump Jr. has really been going up in my estimation recently because he's just willing to say things and be brash and go out there and say the thing you're not supposed to say. He was on CBS News, uh, CBS This Morning, and he was asked to name his favorite Democrat, say something nice about Democrats. And it took him a second, but Trump Jr. had the perfect response. We gotta go, I'm sure you'll take the, the conversation to Twitter. Say something nice on there today, all right? I'll do that, I'll, different, I'll do that. Different different I, I
2: can like, do both, like, I think. Who, yeah, there's some who, nice stuff who, in there. Who's right? your favorite Democrat, go ahead. Who? <laughs> okay. All right, Mayor Trump, we're going to let you go. <laughs> Thank you very are... much. Thank you very
1: much. All right. It is now 814. The name of the book is Triggered, wherever you like to buy your books.
0: Mitt Romney, Gail. Mitt Romney's my favorite Democrat. How about that?
1: It's time to check it now. Time to check your local weather.
0: You know, it took him a minute. It would have been better if he had that line ready to go, but that was a good response. Who's your favorite Democrat? Mitt Romney. So this is, this is Trump Jr., Donald Trump Jr., who's just going in there with this attitude. And he says, I'm not going to wait for somebody to reveal the whistleblower. And there's going to be this whole debate over the ethics of it. I'm just going to say it. It's this jerk named Eric Charamella. He's the alleged whistleblower. He's a deep stater in the true sense of the word. He's worked for the CIA. He's worked for Joe Biden. He worked for Joe Biden while Joe Biden was being a crook with Ukraine. He worked for John Brennan. Then he goes back and works for the CIA. And he's been undermining the Trump administration since the very beginning. And he's a a self-appointed master of the universe who graduated Yale in 2008 and is just absolutely convinced that he knows better than the American people how to run their country for them. Is it legal to reveal the whistleblower? The mainstream media says one thing, the law says another. We'll get to that in a second, but first I've got to thank our friends over at Keeps. Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35, 35 years old. I like to say with no false modesty and true humility. I'm not a hulking Adonis of a man. Okay. I'm not the most athletic guy in the world. All right. That's never been my, my claim to fame among the ladies. All right. One way that I've been able to win over the love of sweet little Elisa is because I have a thick head of hair. All right. You can too. You can keep your hair. There's good news with today's advancements in science. Keeps offers proven treatments that can combat the symptoms of hair loss. Keeps has revolutionized the way men are treated for hair loss. You used to have to go to a doctor's office. Then you would have your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get medication delivered to your home. Prevention is the key here. Keeps treatments really work. They are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. That's how it works. So you got to act fast. Many men will even experience hair regrowth with Keeps treatments. Keeps treatments start at just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month for free. If you're ready to take action and stop hair loss, prevent it, go to Keeps.com slash Knowles, to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com Knowles, Is it legal? Is it legal to reveal the identity of the whistleblower. Yes. That was a short segment. It is. The mainstream media tell you otherwise, but it is. I mean, the mainstream media were haranguing Rand Paul yesterday. It's illegal to name the whistleblower. It's out of the bounds of constitutionality. And they, they just use buzzwords that they've heard. It's perfectly legal. NPR of all places spoke with four legal experts yesterday on whether it would be a crime for President Trump to out the whistleblower. The answer is no. According to Robert Litt, former general counsel for the uh, director of national intelligence under Barack Obama, quote, if Trump thinks he knows the name, he can come out and say it and he's probably as protected as anyone is. From uh, Dan Meyer, a lawyer and former executive director of the Intelligence Community Whistle Program says, there is no overarching protection for the identity of the whistleblower under federal law. Congress has never provided that protection. All right. This is, this is the former executive director of the IC's whistleblower program. He's saying there's no protection to, to keep that identity a secret. Uh, This is from uh, Leon Panetta who obviously worked in the Obama administration, he said that the whole purpose of the law, the whistleblower law, is to allow people to, to be able to speak to fraud or crimes they see within their jobs without having to pay a price for vengeance and retribution. And if the president revealed his name, it would be unprecedented in history. But notice what's missing in Leanne Panetta's statement. He never says it's illegal. There's no legal protection for it. And is one of the people who's certainly hoping to keep that whistleblower name a secret. And then... Stephen Cohn. Stephen Cohn is a lawyer for whistleblowers. He's the only one who suggested otherwise. He said, disclosing the name of a whistleblower is one of the worst forms of retaliation. Trump's obligations are not just to protect the whistleblower's identity. It only begins there. The law says he has to ensure that nobody in the executive branch leaks out his name. That is the best argument that a lawyer for whistleblowers can make all of the relevant people, even those who worked in the Obama administration, say there is no legal protection there. So it's perfectly legal to, to leak the whistleblower's name, to reveal who the whistleblower is. He's not even a whistleblower, by the way. We read, this was now weeks ago on the show, we read the so-called whistleblower complaint. The whistleblower was blowing the whistle on second and third hand information he didn't have firsthand knowledge of the phone call between Trump and Ukraine. Then we read the transcript between Trump and the Ukraine. There was nothing wrong with it. Then if you read the whistleblower complaint, much of what he was complaining about was public knowledge, tweets, interviews with George Stephanopoulos on network television. That's not blowing the whistle. That's using the mechanisms of the bureaucratic state to try to overturn a presidential election. This guy deserves no legal protection and he has none. He deserves absolutely no respect. He is, if, if it sounds like I'm speaking to this with some sort of personal feeling here, it's because I am, because I know these guys. I don't know this whistleblower in particular, but I know these guys. I know these guys who graduated from Yale, who went straight into the bureaucracy, into what is called the deep state, who believe that they are so much better Than the American people. They know so much better than you do how to run your life and how to run your government. And they feel that they have no, there will be no legal ramifications for what they do. They can flit in and out of the elected government, but they'll go right back to the permanent government. They are going to be around long after any of the elected people are gone, and they are going to run your country, and you can't do a damn thing about it. The vision of the anointed, as Thomas Sowell would say, I know a lot of guys like this. I happened to miss this guy in college. I didn't, he, he left right when I got there, but I know so many guys like this and it's so disrespectful to our Republic, to the American people and to constitutional norms. He deserves absolutely no respect or special protection. There's a book coming out as the whistleblower saga has begun as the whistleblower who first, I, I can't even call him a whistleblower. As the saboteur, as the rebel, as the coup enactor began this process of impeachment before he filed his complaint, he spoke to Adam Schiff, probably the biggest hack Democrat in Congress, who's in many ways leading impeachment and who's mostly a tool of the intelligence community. He spoke to him. They, they colluded. They conspired on how they were going to launch impeachment as this was happening. There's a book coming out anonymously from another saboteur in the Trump administration. A guy who presents himself as a saboteur of the Trump administration, he published an anonymous op-ed in the New York Times. Talk about journalistic standards. In the New York Times, they publish an anonymous op-ed from a guy in the Trump administration saying, hey, I'm working in the Trump administration and sabotaging Trump's plans and sabotaging the desires of the American people who elected him. That book is coming out. It's called A Warning. A Warning reportedly written by an unnamed senior White House official. And now they make another claim there. The claim they make is that Vice President Mike Pence was willing to invoke the 25th Amendment to kick Trump out of office and overturn the presidential election. That's the new claim. Should we believe it? We'll get to that in a second. First, I got to thank our friends over at Ancestry.com. I love Ancestry. Ancestry DNA doesn't just tell you which countries you're from, but also can pinpoint the specific regions within them, giving you insightful geographic detail about your history. I've been using Ancestry since before they had the Ancestry DNA kit. I've been using Ancestry for years and years now. I've actually been using Ancestry since before I was using Ancestry because my grandfather, after he retired, one of his hobbies was genealogy. And so he's been investigating our family tree and sharing the details of this with me for decades now, I guess. And we've learned some incredible things using tools like Ancestry.com, which is... For instance, we learned about John and Simon Knowles fought at the Battle of Bunker Hill. John Knowles died of his wounds there. Simon went on to Valley Forge, fought alongside George Washington throughout much of the rest of the war. We've gone all the way back to the Mayflower, found out we descend from the Pilgrim, Dr. Samuel Fuller, and a number of other. Sorted characters on the Mayflower, three others, one of whom was the first guy executed in the new world for murder. Not everything you're going to find out about your family is going to be flattering, but it's very interesting nonetheless. You can trace the paths of your recent ancestors. You can learn how and why your family moved from place to place around the world. No other DNA test delivers such a unique interactive experience. I love it. This is one of my favorite hobbies is genealogy. I, it's uh, whenever I have time to engage in a hobby I, I could sit there for hours on ancestry building up family trees reading about my ancestries. Only Ancestry DNA uses the world's largest family history database to give a deeper and more detailed DNA history. You combine what you learn from the DNA, you know, you spit in the tube and send it in, you combine that with over 100 million family trees, billions of records for more insight into your genealogy and origin. Save big on Ancestry DNA with special holiday pricing and spark meaningful conversations around the dinner table. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, you can learn so much about your family and have a great conversation with them. Give the gift that can unwrap their history. Head to... My URL, Ancestry.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Get your Ancestry DNA kit on sale today. That's Ancestry.com slash Knowles. I know some listeners have done this already. I know this because you have emailed me and let me know that we are distant cousins. So when you go to Ancestry.com slash Knowles, please also reach out in the mailbag or through my website or something and let me know how we're related. I always get a real kick out of that. So these guys who have been lying since day one, These guys, the same people, the same cabal who pushed the Russia collusion hoax, who then when that didn't work, they tried to impeach Trump for sleeping with a porn star or something. Then when that didn't work, they tried to get Trump for his taxes. Then when that didn't work, they tried to get Trump for colluding with Ukraine. And that doesn't make sense because Ukraine is at war with Russia. So I, I don't know how he's colluding with both. They get more specific. They say he tried to engage in a quid pro quo with Ukraine. A quid pro quo meaning you get something and they get something, which is by the way, the definition of foreign policy. When we're dealing with our allies around the world, we offer them something, they offer us something. The claim is that Trump was personally benefiting from this. What was the personal benefit? The personal benefit was that he was asking them to, allegedly asking them to investigate Joe Biden for engaging in a quid pro quo with Ukraine. The leading democratic contender engaged in some pretty dodgy activity in Ukraine and then the minute that the Republican president says look into it, that's apparently criminal. They've been lying to us from day one and now we're supposed to believe that Mike Pence was willing to overturn the presidential election, invoke the 25th Amendment and kick Trump out of office. There is no reason to entertain this for even two seconds. Pence's team is pushing back pretty hard. His press secretary, his former press secretary saying it's absolutely Ridiculous. Uh, The reason I dismiss this out of hand is not because I don't think there's any court intrigue in the White House. Although I will point out, Mike Pence has been incredibly loyal to Trump. But it's not. Look, of course, there's always intrigue in any political campaign, left, right, or center. The reason I dismiss this out of hand is because these people who are trying to overturn the presidential election of 2016 have never told us the truth, ever, and they've consistently lied to us. So. I, I see no reason to believe them this time. There's some good news for President Trump that came out of this whole Ukraine thing though. Testimony about a month ago from Kurt Volker, the U.S. envoy to Ukraine was highly anticipated. The left said Volker, he's the one. He's going to nail Trump. If anyone's going to nail Trump, it's going to be him. He's going to testify that there's a quid pro quo and it was illegal and they're going to impeach him now. We have the transcript. We have the transcript from that testimony. He was asked, Kurt Volker, special on, uh, U.S. envoy to Ukraine, was asked what conversations he had with the president or anybody else about the quid pro quo in Ukraine. Here is Kurt Volker's response verbatim. You asked what conversations did I have about that quid pro quo, et etc. None, because I didn't know there was a quid pro quo. So you have the guy whose job it is to conduct U.S. policy with Ukraine saying on the record, testifying, that he had no clue, didn't know anything about there being a quid pro quo. It is, at this point, lunacy to believe that there is any legal basis for impeachment. doesn't matter if you like Trump or if you think Trump is the worst guy in the world or you think he's a fascist or a monster or a demagogue. There is no legal basis for impeachment. And there's no reason to believe that there is. They've been trying to impeach Trump since literally before he was sworn in. The justification has changed at least three times now. All of the others have been disproven. The main whistleblower's lawyer is admitting that this is a coup. There is no evidence that what the Democrats are even alleging is illegal, much less high crimes and misdemeanors. And the US envoy to Ukraine says there's no quid pro quo. There is no reason to buy this. The, the other aspect here is that about two weeks ago in USA Today, you had a big left-wing op-ed which said it doesn't matter if the president hasn't committed a crime, he can still be impeached. They're already setting up this narrative that you don't need to commit a crime to be impeached, which you do. We had many debates at the founding of this country over what impeachment should look like. Can you be impeached just for being poor, a poor manager? bad at running the government or must you commit a crime? And some people like George Mason argued that you should be able to be thrown out of office if you're just not good at your job. And people like James Madison said, no, that's not enough. There needs to be a stronger legal basis for impeachment because we don't simply want the executive branch to serve the legislative branch. We don't want congressional supremacy where we have the Congress dominating our government and the executive and the judiciary are just subsidiary branches of government. We have three co-equal branches of government, and the separation of powers that has served our country very well for a long time. The left is trying to undermine that. Now there's no reason to give them any, uh, any leeway there. Getting to 2020, big endorsement for Elizabeth Warren. You saw a few weeks ago, AOC and the, uh, 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 Ilhan Omar and who's the other one? Uh, uh, Whatever. The other member of the squad. Rashida Tlaib. They were coming out for Joe Biden. Not Joe Biden. Bernie Sanders rather. Obviously not Joe Biden. They were coming out for Bernie Sanders but one member of the squad was not coming out for Bernie. That was Ayanna Pressley, the Ringo of the squad and she is coming out now for Elizabeth Warren. Here she is.
3: The American people deserve to be represented by elected officials who, who see them. Who listen to them and who fight for them. I have seen Elizabeth in small church basements and in packed gymnasiums, and she is consistent. She never loses sight of the people. You've all heard about the Senator's plans, but here's the thing, the plans are about power. Who has it, who refuses to let it go, and who deserves more of it. For Elizabeth and for me, power belongs in the hands of the people. That's why she's fighting for fundamental change that restores power to those who've been left behind and centers those who've never had access to it in the first place. This election is a fight for the very soul of our nation. Elizabeth knows how to fight, and she knows how to win. I'm proud to call her my senator. I can't wait to call her our president. I'm Congresswoman Ayanna Presley and I represent the Massachusetts 7th Congressional District, and I'm proud to endorse Elizabeth Warren for president.
0: Okay. so. This is a good pickup for Elizabeth Warren. However, it's not the same as AOC and Ilhan Omar endorsing Bernie Sanders. Why not? Because Anna Presley sort of had to endorse Elizabeth Warren because Anna Presley is a congressman from Massachusetts and Elizabeth Warren is the senator from Massachusetts. And so it just, these are people who've worked together. They share a constituency. It just looks much better for her to back the person from her own state. Also because Elizabeth Warren has momentum now, so she's finally willing to get on board. I suspect if Ayanna Pressley were not from Massachusetts, she might withhold an endorsement. Maybe she would have gone to Bernie Sanders. It's a much bigger deal when you get the endorsement on the basis of ideology and not really just on geography or opportunism. And that's what happened when AOC backed Bernie and when Ilhan Omar backed Bernie Sanders. Still a good win for Elizabeth Warren and she's trotting this out now because the race is starting to heat up and you're starting to see people snipe at one another and because, as we said a couple days ago on the show, Elizabeth Warren has made her decision. She was debating, is she going to try to fight off Joe Biden or is she going to try to fight off Bernie Bernie Sanders? Is she going to steal Biden's moderate voters or is she going to steal Bernie's socialist voters? She's made her choice. She's running as a leftist and she's going to let Pete Buttigieg try to fight it out to win the moderate lane. She's going to the left. She's now advocating a $52 trillion healthcare program. She is trotting out endorsements from socialists. She's going all the way left. We'll see, you know, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see how it turns out for her. Many people still believe that beyond the headlines, beyond the mainstream media, the moderate wing is going to eke this out. There's still a chance Joe Biden gets the nomination which is why Pete Buttigieg has made his choice. He's now running away from the left and running toward the middle. It's a win for Elizabeth Warren, but it's not going to count for very much. She's got to shore up more of her left wing credentials. She's got to really beat Bernie out of the race. And Bernie's still doing an excellent job with fundraising. He's still doing a very good, good job in many of the polls. So this is not this is not going to end anytime soon. I, I could see this left wing battle going on very, very close to even the nominating convention. We have got a lot more to get to, but first, before we get to those ladies of the view, you know, I used to call the ladies of the view cackling hens after Norm MacDonald's phrase, but I really like Abby Huntsman, so I can I can no longer do that. Abby Huntsman is on the view. I'm I'm not gonna call them cackling hens anymore. I guess I could call the rest of them, but I'm not I'm not even gonna do that out of respect for Abby Huntsman. Tulsi Gabbard was on the view and she gets into it with the leftist Joy Behar. We'll get to that in a second. First, I've gotta thank our friends over at Ring. You know, it is so important to keep your neighborhood safe. And that is Ring's mission, make neighborhoods safer. You might already know about their smart video doorbells and cameras that protect millions of people everywhere. But, and I give this out all the time to my friends who are getting a new home to, I get, I give this out to everybody as a housewarming gift because It makes you feel safe, but it helps you stay connected to your home anywhere in the world. So if there's a package delivery or a surprise visitor, you will get an alert and be able to see, hear, and speak to people all from your phone. Um, The producer of this show, senior producer, Jonathan Hay, used this because some weirdos were trying to break into his house in the middle of the night. He caught to speak to them straight from his bed. Uh, Other friends that I've given it to thought there was a creeper going around their house trying to break in. They looked, it turns out it was a possum. Now they have a possum living in their garage because they really liked the possum for some reason. If it were me, I, I don't know, probably, probably wouldn't have been so welcoming to that little possum. But anyway, you know, the two-way camera allowed them to, uh, to do that. As a listener, you have a special offer right now on a ring starter kit with a video doorbell motion activated floodlight camera. The starter kit has everything you need to start building a ring of security around your home for a limited time. Right now through November 8th, you can get a free solar sign with select devices. Just go to ring.com slash Knowles. You will feel like you are in the Jetsons. You will feel like you're in the future. This is the way to protect your home in the 21st century, whether it's a guy dropping off a package that you ordered or someone trying to break into your house or, heaven forbid, your mother-in-law showing up unannounced. You can know wherever you are in the world and you can, you can keep yourself safe, both uh, maybe mentally and also physically. Ring.com slash That is ring.com slash Okay, before we go to break and to the mailbag, I've got to get to this clip on The View. It is one of the few times I've watched The View (laughs) in recent years, but Tulsi Gabbard absolutely clobbered Joy Behar. Here she is.
2: Some of you have accused me of being a, a traitor to my country, a Russian asset, a Trojan horse, uh, or a useful, we you, a useful idiot, I think was the well, term useful. that you used. Which basically means that I'm uh, naive or, or lack intelligence to term. know what's going they on. They use that. I want to let your viewers know exactly who I am. All right. Set the record straight I am a patriot. I love our country. I am a strong and intelligent woman of color. And I have dedicated almost my entire adult life to protecting the safety, security, and the freedom of all Americans in this country. It was the attacks on 9-11.
3: Yes, we were, getting, we're getting a little bit far ahead of ourselves, but uh, Franklin Graham finds you refreshing. He doesn't find me refreshing. Uh, Richard Spencer, the white nationalist leader, says he could vote for you. Joy, this is why I'm here. I mean, you're on, you're on Tucker Carlson at least ten times. Why don't you go on Chris This, this, is, show?
2: this is why I'm here, because you and other people continue to, to spread these innuendos that have nothing to do with who I am.
0: Okay she she goes on it's worth watching the whole rest of the segment i bring this up not even to defend tulsi gabbard i don't especially care for tulsi gabbard as a candidate obviously every time she's on tv my heart goes pitter patter but she's still a leftist i mean she's still a democrat and i think some of the conservative swooning over her is really just because she's in any way contradicting left wing orthodoxy i mean she's still a leftist she votes for impeachment you know she's but she's diverged in a couple ways on a few issues from leftist orthodoxy. She doesn't think we should be able to kill babies until the moment of birth, only a little bit before birth. She doesn't think that we should have our troops overseas in every single country in the Middle East. She's ch- pulling away a little bit from leftism, pulling away just a little bit from liberal internationalism. And I, I bring up this clip to show you, even if you only contradict leftism by a little tiny bit, they will destroy you. They will smear you. They will lie about you on network television. They will call you a racist and a bigot and a white nationalist. That's the new term. That's the new made up term for a racist. And racist is the old term that has now been so robbed of meaning that they have to move on to white nationalists. They call everybody a white nationalist now. It's a, it's a term that I suppose once sort of had meaning and now no longer does. They'll do that to Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard is, I guess, a white nationalist. She's a leftist of color, but she's a a white nationalist now because Joy Behar says so because she, she contradicted leftist orthodoxy in any way whatsoever. It's to show you they do this even to the left, the mostly left. One, when they do it to you and they will, don't let it bother you. If you're not a bigot, who cares if they call you a bigot? Doesn't matter. Also to show you don't believe what you read in the newspapers all the time because they'll do it to everybody. They'll lie through their teeth. It's cynical, it's opportunistic, and they deserve no credibility when they say it. It is lies through and through. It is all designed at a coup through and through. It is all designed at taking power. They're not blowing the whistle on any crime Trump actually did. It's an impeachment in search of a crime. They're not Blowing the whistle, they're not showing America and exposing the awful rank bigotry at the heart of candidates like Tulsi Gabbard. They're not doing that. They're just saying things without any regard for the truth, in a cynical ploy to steal power. Let's not give it to them. We got to get to the mailbag first. I got to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube. Head on over to DailyWire.com. Ten bucks a month, hundred dollars for an annual membership. You get me. You get the Andrew Klavan show. You get the Ben Shapiro show. You get the Matt Walsh show. You get to ask questions in the mailbag coming up. You get Another Kingdom, the third, final, and best season of Another Kingdom. I know I've gotten some very nice letters from people who've been enjoying it. Head on over there. You will get Another Kingdom early. You'll get to listen to it early, and it, it really sounds great. I say this not even as the guy who does does all the voices, but just listening to the soundscaping that they've done on this season. It just sounds really, really incredible. And you get the Leftist Here's Tumblr, and you Need that, or else you will drown. Dailywire.com. We'll be right back. By the way, just I just noticed something here before before we get to the mailbag. It looks like trying to read my own notes. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. That's what it looks like. Not just to me, but to Mark Epstein, Jeffrey's brother, who is now speculating that the two contusions Epstein had on both of his wrists, a left forearm abrasion and muscle hemorrhaging of his left deltoid are evidence that there was a struggle. There was a fight. Mark Epstein said, those are unexplained. Was he handcuffed and struggled? Was someone holding his wrists? The marks on his wrist are unexplained. He's been trying to get the autopsy, the, the death report. Said they're playing games. I've done the appropriate requests with the justice department twice. And have heard nothing. I was told someone's looking into it, but so far he's heard nothing. He then says, I have no standing to sue. People should know the truth about what can happen in a federal facility. My brother might have been murdered. This is not about me. He then asked Dr. Michael Baden to do the autopsy. He was a uh, you know, very uh, well-known, long-standing forensic expert. He, and the doctor said, quote, Did the injuries happen a week before or at the time of the incident? We have to look at the microscopic slides to see when the injuries occurred. The brother requested this information three months ago and it still has not gotten it. Then attorney David Schoen says that he met with Jeffrey Epstein on August 1st and he told Fox News, quote, after meeting with him, I came to the firm conclusion that it was not a suicide attempt. He was afraid he would face consequences if he implicated anyone while he was there. So he kept his mouth shut and told investigators he couldn't remember what happened. He was told they closed the case. Look, Call me crazy, but what it sure sounds like to me is uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. And by the way, if uh, anything happens to me between now and our show on Monday, you better go to Chappaqua and investigate. All right, folks. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's get to the mailbag. From Amanda, given that only 3% of Americans wait until marriage to have sex, and even in highly religious groups like the Southern Baptist groups are only up to 20%, likely to wait until marriage. Should religious institutions continue to focus on abstinence or should they focus on safe sex practices? Thanks. What do you mean should they focus on? I don't think the changing of the church has, or the the teaching of the church has changed. Just because people are violating the rules, violating commandments, violating the moral law, doesn't mean that the moral law changes. It's not good to break the moral law, but people do it all the time. I mean, that's the reason that we have a incarnation and atonement in the first place, but you shouldn't change your moral teaching just because people are breaking the rules. That destroys the whole purpose of the moral teaching. Now, if you're asking, should churches say, don't have sex before marriage, but if you do have sex before marriage, use a condom and do this and do that no, I think that's pretty confusing. If you're asking, should the churches teach don't have sex before marriage, but there are condoms and there are sexually transmitted diseases. And this is what will happen if you do have sex. Well, of course, of course, people should teach biological realities. They should, you you shouldn't hide information from people. You shouldn't you shouldn't pass along bad information or, or misinformation. In fact, as part of any sort of sexual education, you should tell people exactly what will happen if you have sex, and you should tell people exactly the statistical likelihood of what happens if you have sex at fifteen or sixteen. And you should you should present all of that information. I think that's a a pretty good bit of information for the case. To not just have sex with everybody you meet when you're a teenager and in your 20s and before you get married. Actually, the more information you give, the stronger the argument is for the traditional moral teaching here. That's not an argument for changing moral teaching. It's actually a buttress for the the traditional teaching. But you're going to have to approach this from a lot of different angles. Because just the advent of high-speed internet pornography alone means that sexual education has completely changed in just the last 12, 13 years. Uh, a vast majority of boys between, I think it's the ages of 10 and 13 will have seen high-speed internet pornography. That is not the kind of sexual education you want your kids to get. So you should certainly present the information and you should explain to them why it is better. I mean, I talked to a lot of millennials virtually none of whom waited until marriage to have sex. And a lot of them will now say, gosh, maybe I should have waited. Huh, maybe that traditional teaching has a point. Hmm, maybe the fact that between 1960 and today, that sexually transmitted diseases have exploded in this country. Maybe the fact that there's a syphilis epidemic in Los Angeles. Syphilis, that that shouldn't even exist anymore. Maybe that tells us that something's gone wrong in the sexual revolution. And maybe those old fuddy-duddies who didn't sleep with everyone they met at a bar maybe they had something right. From Jeremy. Second amendment question. My liberal friends say your guns won't protect you against government drones. I say the military as a whole force would not turn against its population. And the combatants in Afghanistan held out pretty well with less firepower. How can my rebuttal be better formulated and more comprehensive? That's a very good rebuttal. Afghanistan is the size of Texas, I think. And they've held out for 17, 18 years now using black powder rifles from the British colonial era. Americans, the most popular gun in the country is the AR-15. I think we'd be fine. And yes, you're right. The military wouldn't turn on its own people. If they got the order to attack their own people, I think you'd see huge numbers of military personnel just walking away and taking the side of of the people who are being targeted. Same goes for law enforcement agencies. But America is a really, really big place. Really, really big. The fact that when you look at the electoral map, it's a sea of red with a few little pockets of blue on the coast, and yet the elections are usually about 50-50, tells you something. There's a lot of wide open space here. It's a lot of space for that federal government to occupy, and if the Second Amendment were not able, were not such a strong power center for the, for the people, then why Would the left be so keen on taking it away? Especially the the AR-15, right? The AR-15 is involved in very, very few murders each year. Hands, feet, bats, and clubs are involved in many more murders than rifles of any kind, including the AR-15. So why is the government so keen on taking away your rifles? Because they don't want you to be able to protect yourself. Liberal democracies, republics, many of them in the last century and a half have disarmed the people as a way to steal more power and and give the government a carte blanche to do whatever they want to the people our founders had the foresight not to let that happen and we should have the foresight not to give away that right from abby for your religious and politically conservative beliefs what is the best state to move to in your opinion i'm assuming california is not where you would ideally live thanks I have always lived in liberal places. I think it makes me better at defending my ideas and makes me think more carefully about my ideas and exposes me to the best arguments of the left. So I actually do kind of like living in left-wing places. I also like the beach and, you know, being, being near the water. However, if I were to live in my ideal place where people generally agree with me, where the people are really nice, where it's beautiful, where the architecture is beautiful, where people understand religion very well, I would go to the greatest town in America, Mobile, Alabama. I shouldn't even say this on my show. I'm going to ruin Mobile just by talking about it and all these people are going to go there. Mobile is such a great place, not easily accessible from any major airport, so it hasn't been invaded yet by leftists. Beautiful, temperate, on the water, some of the nicest people in the world. A gorgeous Catholic cathedral there. It's a, I think it's an old, pretty old Catholic town back from the, the French. It was initially part of the Diocese of Havana. Obviously, I, I like that very much. They invented Mardi Gras, one of my favorite holidays. Stone's throw from New Orleans. It's just a great town. So if I were to retire and leave these leftist, Gomorrah-by-the-Sea kind of places like L.A., I'd have to go to Mobile, Alabama. From Ryan, on campus, should there be, on campus there is a should-Trump-be-impeached debate. I would appreciate some good counterarguments against the typical leftist talking points for impeachment. Thanks. Oh, well, I think I gave you those today actually. <laughs> what I would what I would first do is ask them, "What impeachable offense did Trump commit?" Probably that will end the conversation because they don't have any answers to that. Then I would point out that the left has been trying to impeach Trump since before he got elected. That happened in the Senate and in the House. Mm-hmm. Then right after he got elected and or right after he was they've been trying to impeach Trump since after he was elected, but before he was inaugurated. Right after Trump was inaugurated, Al Green, the congressman, not the singer, put out a resolution to impeach Trump. Fortunately, that failed. He was asked why he did it. He said, because I think if we don't impeach Trump, he'll get reelected. That's what this is about. It's about a coup. The lawyer for the whistleblower admits it. Al Green admits it. The rank and file Democrats should admit it too. From Giovanna, beautiful name, dearest King Kofefe. What's your stance on listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving? My personal favorite holiday song is It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Epstein Didn't Kill Himself. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Very interesting, Giovanna. I'm actually of the opinion that we listen to Christmas music far too early. And we've totally forgotten about the season of Advent. So I, I don't just think that we shouldn't listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving. I don't think we should listen to Christmas music before Christmas. I think we should listen to Advent music. This Advent is the season that we're about to get into it. It's the season before Christmas, and it's the season after the time that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. That's our show. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Have a good weekend. I'll see you on Monday. senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover, and our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Assistant director, Pavel Wydowski, edited by Danny D'Amico. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera, and our production assistant is Nick Sheehan. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire, 2019.